Welcome, you guys, to another episode of Bikini Things. I'm here in the home studio with Michelle and Kaylee, and today we are talking about getting back on track. Welcome, ladies. Good to be back. Yes. What have you What have you two been up to? Things are Things are starting to normalize here in Southern California. Gyms officially were allowed to open last Friday, so most of them, a lot of them, have opened. What have you girls been up to? Been going to the gym. I think that <laughs> the past two days, that's what I've been doing. Yeah. So I went to the gym this morning. Went to the gym yesterday, and I actually wasn't <laughs> thinking I would want to jump straight into the gym. I was like, I have my own home gym now. I have personal training gym, but. It felt really nice to be back in like a big box corporate gym. I don't know. How about you, Kaylee? Yeah, I have officially been on prep now for two weeks. Same. Along with Michelle. So having access to a variety of gyms now is absolutely crucial and just feels really good. The biggest thing is cardio machines. Yes. I have a Stairmaster. Stairmaster. And then treadmill. I had a gym two weeks ago. That was open just because it was smaller, but again, just the variety of machines and equipment has really made my life and prep a lot easier now. So that is what I've been busy doing. Nice. Yeah. What have you been doing? I've been good. I've been good. Um, I'm trying to think. I moved into a different room a couple weeks ago, so I feel like I'm finally getting settled. I painted my room last weekend by myself, which was... Which was a lot of work, but it's done, and I'm glad it's done. Uh, I've been working out a little bit at the CrossFit gym, but I think that membership I will probably cancel because it is really expensive. And the open gym hours there are not as not as big as they used to be a few weeks ago. Because I tried to go yesterday, I couldn't go because their classes were too full. Mm. So UFC Costa Mesa is open again, which is great. They have yeah, so much equipment. That. Yeah, they have all the cardio equipment. They recently, I think just before lockdown, around the beginning of the year, they got a hip thrust machine, a plate-loaded one. Mm-hmm. Hey. So that's been – I got to use that I've yesterday. I've never seen one of those in person. I've heard about oh, them. So nice. but It's so nice. I think I can bring guests. So maybe, bring me. maybe we'll see if we can get you in there. So I've been doing that. I'm still in off-season. So – I'm going to be looking pretty different from you girls. Laura and will if be you... eating for us. <laughs> yes. Yes. Anything yeah. you find on Instagram, yeah. you can You girls just send me your cravings and I will I will be happy to um, take it for the team. Yeah, take one for the team. <laughs> Absolutely. So yeah, I mean, the biggest thing is uh, just with general life stress, work stress, I tend to under eat. So if anything, I'm trying to make sure that I'm eating enough right now and I'm not losing weight. I'm eating enough to actually build muscle and grow a little bit. So that's the biggest thing I've been trying to focus on. Yeah. yeah, especially now with the gyms opening up, you have a new reaction from your body, right? Now that you're now that you're going to have full weights, full gym, your muscles will respond. Yeah, yeah. And I already feel like in the last couple weeks, because I was going to the CrossFit gym, I feel like I've already seen some improvements. So that's been awesome. So today we are talking about getting back on track or what do you do if you feel like you've gotten off track. And so I think this is a great topic Especially given that we're coming out of lockdown for most of the country, quarantine is kind of over. And so there's a lot there's a lot of different things that we talked about that can be getting off track. I mean, just going into an off season after a prep or cheating on your diet, whether you're on prep or whether you're just doing a lifestyle diet, um, going from quarantine and home workouts or maybe no home workouts at all 
to trying to get back on track, get coming back from an injury or mm-hmm. a vacation or just a, you know, life events. Maybe you've got in a new relationship. You're super happy. You guys have been quarantined together, just getting <laughs> that Uber Eats, and you put on a few more pounds than you're expecting. So there's a lot of different ways people can get off track. So we're going to really talk about all of them today, I think a little bit, but really we'll spend most of our time talking about how to actually initiate the change to get yourself back where you want to be. So what are some ways, Michelle, that somebody could start putting themselves back on the right path? I think one of the first things you can do is figure out why you're going back to the gym. I mean, what is your reasoning? So making a specific goal or something that will motivate you. I tend to be someone who always has a goal, an event. I've done Spartan races, Tough Mudders, now doing a bikini competition. And really that is what has kept me going. I tend to, I think everyone tends to lose motivation. And if you have a specific goal in mind, something at the end that you can look forward to, I think that is super helpful. Absolutely. I agree. And I think for me, I'm very goal-minded, which is why I do well with competitions. So when I'm prepping, I'm full force looking for that goal and I don't typically stray. However, when it is off season and I'm coming out of a prep and I don't have a show in mind, I'm a very visual person. So I visualize my goal. I visualize that Mm -hmm. end scenario. And it's, it's hard when there isn't a show picked out. So for me, getting back on track, I tend to get off track a bit more when I'm reversing out of a show just because I don't have that specific goal. So some other ways of maybe motivating or having that goal is maybe you've competed and you want to go pro and it's going to take some time to grow and build. Well, that then becomes your goal and will motivate you to get into the gym or eat more food than you may be able to or think you can or maybe book a photo shoot or you have a vacation coming up. I know I did that one of my off seasons. I purposely did a 12 week sort of prep for a vacation just so that I would be bikini ready. There's other goals other than just competitions that you can have and put your mind to Mm -hmm. also numbers. So Michelle was talking about specific yeah, so sm- goals. Smart goals are super important. So smart, smart stands for specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and timely. So you want all five of those features in order to have a good solid goal. So part of that you said numbers. So something that is measurable is super important, whether that's inches around your waist, pounds lost, or it could be I want to lift 300 pounds, I want to deadlift 300 pounds by... The end of summer. Yeah, and that would be a great goal during off-season. Exactly, yeah. When your physical appearance and the circumference of your waist doesn't really matter as much. Yeah, so there's the physical appearance goals and then the physical performance goals that can be really helpful when it comes to creating goals that you can do. But the time part is also super important, is having a set goal in in mind time-wise and being realistic about it, like trying to lose 20 pounds in two weeks. Not possible for anyone. Not so, a good idea. Yeah, and not a good idea for your body. So be realistic about the goals that you're trying to achieve and just create a timeline for that. Sure. I think, yeah, that's a great that's a great idea. And even in off-season, I agree. It's 
really important to try to have goals or to keep yourself motivated. What about in terms of the mental work that you have to do? Because even let's say, you know, you crushed your prep or you felt really good about how you did during your competition season, you're going into off season, you're feeling really demotivated. Maybe you're not, maybe your self-esteem is not as good as it was. Maybe you're feeling a little bit self-conscious about your body. What do you do in terms of the mental work to keep yourself motivated? Or what does like your inner dialogue look like? Or what do you try to get it to look like so that you can stay consistent to, even if you have that off-season goal that you've set, what do you, what do you do mentally to keep yourself engaged and moving towards that? Well, I was going to say, I think that's especially hard when you're not expecting that. I know Kaylee, you had a competition that you were getting ready for and then it got cut off because of COVID. How did you mentally recover from that and get yourself off season? Sure. That was one of the more difficult times mentally, not just physically with the gyms shutting down at the exact same time. But like I said, I'm a very visual person. So I visualize everything. I visualize stepping on stage on show day from my eyes looking out to the judges. I visualize that moment. And when there no longer is anything to truly visualize, it's very difficult to kind of see what track you want to be on. And especially when I had feedback. So I'm driven a lot by the feedback that I receive each show to better myself, to improve myself. That's what I'm going to do is improve on the feedback received. So when I received feedback and it was very minimal leading into the next show, I had to really dig deep and mentally just ask myself why even started in the first place in bodybuilding and where that passion really came from and what I really wanted to do with myself personally, not just for a show, but okay, times are different. We need to change sort of focus. And instead, I kind of went with it after a couple of days of being depressed, I guess, and instead embraced recovery and things that I think I lacked prior to quarantine. And I really embraced being able to sleep X amount of hours at night, being able to really allow my body to recover and then do certain band works for certain areas of my body that I always said I wanted to focus more on. But when I would have access to a gym, I would just go ham on everything instead of really focusing on those specific areas. And that's exactly what I did in quarantine instead. So I just completely changed my mind and it was, it was more so a mental aspect than physical and hopefully that helped in the end. You look great. So I think it helped. And I, and I think that's a great tip too, tapping into your original motivation or your original desire for doing something. I think Mm -hmm. that is a huge key to success that people may, may not realize or just may undervalue. But mentally tapping into, you know, why am I trying to lose weight? Why am I trying to do a bikini competition? Like, what is what is it about this that is going to make my soul happy? Am I trying to improve my self-esteem? Am I trying to 
push myself farther than I've ever pushed myself before. And I need to prove to myself that I can do this. So going back to that, that mental aspect, I think that's so important for me when I, I've talked about my fitness journey back in like 2011, 2012, when I was very skinny fat and I was just, it was process of elimination. I was trying everything I could, calorie counting, started weightlifting, um, tons of cardio. And, and when I would get discouraged or when I wasn't seeing the progress I, I wanted, I would go back to what are my internal reasons and what is my desire to make this change in myself. And that's what kind of carried me through that process and got me to where I wanted eventually. It was just being really freaking stubborn mm-hmm. and going back to my original original desire and original intent with my goals. I think determination is a critical key in the success um, in anyone. But Laura, I mean, you were going to prep for a national show and unfortunately COVID got the best of all of us in a way, but you still did not allow that to hinder your workouts. Yes, you did a lot of band workout, but you were consistent with working out. You were consistent with doing any type of cardio that you could just to keep your mind right. So again, your true motivators are that, not just a show in mind. And I think adapting Mm -hmm. is another thing that if you're able to do, that's going to help you out in the end. Yeah. One thing we also talked about too, that immediate... That immediate period where you're kind of realizing, oh shoot, I'm not, I'm not where I want to be, or I'm not on the right path anymore. This is a problem. I need to address it. What are Michelle? What are some attitudes that you think are helpful for people when you're first realizing, I have something I need to address? Yeah. So when you're first realizing, maybe you're you know halfway through a bag of potato chips sitting on the couch, two months into COVID, whatever it is, like. And you realize, okay, I need to start going to the gym. Where do, you, where do you go from there? What's your first step? And I think the first step is to mentally be okay with where you're at, right? Don't beat yourself up over it, especially during these times. It's okay. And what's more important is where do you want to go? So change that mindset. Focus on how is it going to look like when you go back to the gym? Do you start and hammer yourself and hammer yourself and really push the weight that you were at before? Or do you start slow and and really get your body to adapt and get used to what you're going into? Because if you're coming from either nothing or just using bands, your body's really not going to be used to using those barbells or using that equipment that it hasn't seen in months. So having that mindset of being okay to start slow and moving forward and taking things day by day in that way. I think that's that's great advice. I definitely tried to do some workouts with the same weight that I had been pushing before and really quickly realized that that was not going to happen. So I think not ex- not expecting to be where you were when you left off is a, is a great tip. Mm-hmm. And, and also being nice to yourself. Like you said, focusing not on how bad you've been, quote unquote bad, I'm kind of using air quotes mm-hmm. with that and not beating yourself up, but focusing on where are you trying to get. I think that keeps it in a positive mindset that will keep you more motivated, mm-hmm. moving more quickly in the right direction. What about what about a support system or or building an accountability to your goals? What are some ways that people could could use those as as ways to bolster their results or to increase their progress? I personally had friends. 
So Laura reaching out to you, obviously I was struggling with, at the time, no access to a gym, lack of weights, and also lack of cardio, and so were you. So knowing that we were all in this together and had like minds, I was able to reach out and share how I was feeling without judgment back. I thought it was really helpful during quarantine, honestly, just to have you to talk to. Just our phone calls or FaceTimes and things just to share our experiences and what we were going through was really, really helpful because you're one of my closest friends in general, but also that competes. And so we're on the same page with a lot of stuff. And so just to, you know, try to brainstorm ideas or come up with workouts or how we're trying to figure out how to do cardio, all of those things, it was really, really helpful just to share that experience and what we're going through together. It was helpful. And it was just reassuring that I wasn't the only one thinking or doing what I was doing. And I know we did a booty exercise together initially, yes. which kicked my butt. Oh gosh, yeah, we did a booty day. It was really good. But to have that support from like-minded friends is huge. And then also I continued to speak to my coach and that accountability to not completely go overboard and lose everything that I've worked hard for four or five years ago was also key in this instance. So friends, any workout buddies that share the same interests and passion as you is who's going to help out. And then of course my boyfriend mm -hmm. I was quarantined with <laughs> and who also was competes. my workout buddy. Yeah, and he competes and too, he competes, so he understands. Had the feedback, had to be bigger and what do we do now? So we just Eat. Lived it together. Yeah. And we ate some cereal. Yeah. And yeah, I listened to what you guys were eating each week, and I was like, "Oh, that sounds really good. I should, <laughs> I should, I should get Chinese food this week too. That sounds oh. really good." I mean, one thing you could do too is just, I mean, for accountability purposes, hire a coach too. Yeah. Whether it's competing, you're just trying to lose weight, you're coming back from an injury, and you're not really sure what your workout programming should look like. I think hiring a coach is never a bad idea if you feel like you need the support, the knowledge, the accountability. And there's so many good ones out there too. Yeah, because I was going to say a lot of people who used to have that accountability of like group classes, I know there's a little bit of uncertainty with some of the group classes too if that's going to come back because I know that's helpful for accountability. But having your own personal coach that you can go to, that you can talk to when you're having trouble or just finding out where to start. I yeah. think is helpful, like you said. Yeah, that's true, too. I, I didn't even think of that because I haven't done many classes in the last few years. But yeah, that's absolutely true. When I when I used to teach classes, when I used to do a lot of classes, you kind of have that social accountability. Yeah. I'm thinking where, of Orange Theory. I yeah, know when very... you have all the regulars mm -hmm. and you have all your buds and if you miss a day mm -hmm. and they they're... Know. Yeah, they know. <laughs> yeah, when I used to go to the Irvine 24-Hour Irvine Fitness, I used to go really early in the morning the first few years I competed. And so it was the same people there at mm -hmm. 5.30 to 7 a.m. every single day. And if I didn't show up there one day, the next day I was going to hear it from someone, oh, I didn't see you here. What were you, you know, did you, did you not work out? And I would have to explain that I was at another gym or whatever I was doing, but it was great accountability. Yeah, if you have, if you can be on a schedule for a gym, I think that's super helpful too, because you will see the same faces at the same time, especially when work 
goes back and people are on more schedules in that way. But that's even if you don't personally talk to people, it's like, I see that person every week at this time or every day at this time, like, he's gonna know if I'm not here kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I think that is helpful. Yeah, yeah. And maybe if you can't physically go to those classes, if you can stay in touch with those friends or those acquaintances, whether it's on the phone or social media or whatever, that might that might help too. you know, and share share what you're doing with your workouts. Okay, so we've gone through all of these success strategies and ideas and tips on how you can put yourself in a good position to get yourself back on track. Why don't we go into some specifics? So we've already talked about quarantine and just get that transition because I think collectively as a society and, and really as the world, we're going through that right now. But what about for competitions? We want to talk about that a little bit? Yes. My big question is just as, you know, I'm two, we're two weeks in, me and Kaylee are two weeks into our prep, but this is my first one. I'm just really curious about what happens if I mess up? What happens if, you know, two rice cakes becomes 20? What happens mm. if Something even worse than that happens. You're not going to binge on rice cakes. <laughs> I'm not going to no. binge on rice cakes. <laughs> no. no, no almonds either. Now I'm good. Well, and not just with diet. It's also, so say you have 20 minutes of cardio per day, but you didn't do cardio one day. So then it becomes the second day that you don't do it. So how do you get back on track? It's It doesn't necessarily just happen with diet. Mm-hmm. It happens with workouts because people travel, people have lives. And there are things that sometimes will make you seem like you're going back. Wait, I'm supposed progress. to have a life during this bikini prep? Yes. <laughs> I thought I was just going to be locked in uh, the whole I time. <laughs> I mean, yes, well, there are. Not a yes, right but now. yes, but no. That's a good that's a good question, Michelle. So yeah, if you're if you're yeah, if you're on prep and you cheat on your diet, you are setting yourself up to dig yourself out of a big hole. I I know people who have binge eat or binge binge ate on prep. And it's not pretty because what that means is you're gonna be doing a ton of cardio to try to counterbalance it, and then it kind of sets you up for this swinging pendulum where you've got to now do more cardio to counteract that mess up. And then because you're doing all this extra cardio, you're already depleted, you're already tired, you're going to be more predisposed to have another binging episode. So it's really, it's a really slippery slope. It's a really slippery slope. And especially, I mean, competing in general, competing, I think it's a really, it can be very questionable for people that have a past history of eating disorders. Like if you had bulimia in your past, Competing may not be a good fit for you just because especially that binging cycle, it competing can trigger it for sure. And mm-hmm. especially even if you were great all through your prep, as soon as you're done, that temptation to just go ham on whatever food is available is really strong and it's very hard to resist. So yeah, I mean, on your prep, you're setting yourself up to dig yourself out of a big hole, but I think it's super common to really overeat or binge eat after you're done prepping. Definitely after. So I personally have not cheated on my diet or binge ate on my diet, but I do know other competitors that have, and I think it is more common than we all think in regards to cheating on diets. And the biggest thing that I 
would stress is be open and honest with your coach because there's one of two things that can happen either okay you've messed up let's get you back on track they're here to help you and motivate you and make sure that you are healthy while progressing into the show or maybe you set yourself back that's fine they're going to hold you accountable for that but maybe the show you had in mind is no longer an option because healthy like health wise it, it's it does it doesn't make sense for your body so we'll move to another show either way the biggest thing is you have a coach for a reason they give you a diet for a reason. They know the calories. They know everything that you are putting into your body and also that you're putting out. So I can't stress it enough. Tell your coach if you do. And and at the same time, too, they're probably going to figure it out. They if will. your weight If your weight jumps up 10 pounds or something like that, they're going to know what happened. Or they may even see it in your pictures. Even maybe you're not sending them your weight or something like that. They're going to see it and they're going to know it. It's, you're absolutely right, Kaylee. It can be, it can be a variety of scenarios because maybe if it was a one-time thing, you've got your mind right, you feel strong enough to, you know, not let that happen again. Maybe you just need to push your show date. If you've gained five, 10 pounds, you're going to need probably at least another month or so to prep. But if it becomes a pattern, that's that's a bigger discussion you need to have your, with your coach. And, and the coach can only give you as good of, advice as you give them information. So if you're hiding information or you're not telling them things or you're withholding things, whether it's binge eating or anything else, they can only be as good as you are open and honest with them. So yeah, that's huge. What about what about when people reverse reverse out of preps? Because I do think that is more common. That's a much more common scenario. What should people do about that? Or what's your experience been, Kaylee, with binging after after prep? Which time? <laughs> after a pack and a half of Oreos oh, gosh. in one setting. Oh, wow. I have certainly binged my way through a lot of cookies and pizza and whatever else. And honestly, it's more of a mental game. And... From my first prep when I binged the most after to now prepping four or five times, I realized mentally I have to prepare to reverse out. I still am not perfect at it and I wish I could tell myself certain advice so that I would be as diligent as I am on prep as I am with my reverse, but I'm just not. So I tend to tell myself, I need the food. I've been depleted, so... I deserve the food. Treat yourself. I'm still, we're still doing cardio, but it's now I've realized the types of food. So if I'm going to binge because I'm hungry, I will allow myself to eat, but it's more of what am I bin- binging, which at this point well, I'm not really binging. And anymore. that's the thing too, is we should kind of be careful what we're calling binging versus I think there's definitely a difference between binging and overeating. Yeah. yeah. And so what's what you're the just, difference? Sure. So I don't know if that I know the exact scientific definition, but binging has an element of there is no control over stopping. There is no control. Overeating is just you went and you went a little bit too hard. You're feeling uncomfortable, but you your stomach told you, okay, time to stop and you stopped. Yeah. Binging is 
that you don't have control. You typically aren't even tasting the food that you're eating. You're eating it just mindlessly beyond your control. And so you end up way past your limit without even realizing it versus overeating is like, I want to eat all this sushi. I'm going to eat it even though I'm going to feel way too full. I'm just going to keep eating it because I haven't had sushi in forever. Me with my sushi. Yeah, sushi sounds really <laughs> I always, right now. I love sushi. Yeah, those are the main differences. That, that yeah. binging is that control lack of. Yeah. So I think what you're describing, Kaylee, is more if you're feeling hungry during your reverse, you're kind of just let if it's a healthy food, correct me if I'm wrong, you're letting yourself just eat more of it. Correct. So I've learned certain things trigger binge eating. Sugar, for Oreos. Mm-hmm. Oreos. Process. Just sugar in general mm-hmm. tends to trigger that uncontrollable aspect. Mm-hmm. Whereas if I eat burger, maybe I want a double burger, a double double, and fries that technically would be overeating, but it's more wholesome and Mm -hmm. what my body may be able to process a little bit better. So I've just learned that through all my preps and reversing out. I think the challenging part is when you think about a bikini prep, you're really, at least for me, doing my first one, I'm just thinking about the show date. I'm thinking, okay, it's 11, 12, whatever weeks until the show date. But you've got to think about, you know, that same amount of time that you're losing that weight, you'll need that same amount of time to gain it back and be back at a normal. And I don't think people see beyond that 12 weeks a lot of times, at least at that beginning cycle. It's like you should try to gain the weight back the same way you lost it, not as not super fast, more or less. Yeah. Yeah, that's very true. That's very true because you're think- you're just spending so much time obsessing, yeah. visualizing, Once thinking the about show, that you're like, show. I'm done. And then, yeah, you forget that it's a process to come out of it. I think, Kaylee, you and I are very similar in how we reverse in some ways. I think we are lucky that we're tall because you and I, know pretty much no matter what we eat, we never really have a quote-unquote rebound where you see girls that sometimes after a show they gain 30 pounds really fast and all of a sudden they don't even look like the same person. So you and I, will that never happens to us. Even if we were to gain 30 pounds, it would not look like 30 pounds just because we're tall. So we're kind of lucky in that way. But I kind of go about it the same way. If I can tell that I'm just hungry, it's after a show, I'm reversing. If I can just tell that I'm hungry, I've gone to a point now where I've realized that extra, you know, Laura, that extra chicken and rice is not going to hurt you. Eat the extra, eat the extra, you know, eat a big ass plate of chicken and rice if that's what's going to make you feel full and you're hungry. Eat that. But yeah, stuff like Oreos, stuff like processed food definitely sets you up for a different mentality. I think reversing, you know, be nice to yourself. Be nice to yourself. Don't expect that you're going to look stage lean. Mm -hmm. That's not realistic. Get over it. (laughs) Get over it. (laughs) You know, learn to learn to love yourself at a higher, a higher body fat and a higher body weight. Like, Look at look at the freaking Fashion Nova Instagram. There's so many curvy, beautiful, amazing looking women there and so many other places that you can use as kind of positive visualization. And and also too, when you're eating more, you're trying to most women need to build muscle or you know, still have a lot of room to improve by building muscle after a competition. Use that extra fuel, use that extra food in the gym. It's gonna help you grow. You're gonna be able to push some more weight. So don't feel so guilty about eating or a little goof up. You overeat. I overeat all the time. I don't really binge, but I overeat all the time. (laughs) And I just make sure, okay, 
you know, I get back on track. I try to track what I'm eating, especially in off season. And then I try to use it as fuel. So if I've, if I've had a mess up, go to the gym the next day, deadlift, hip thrust, you know, pull-ups, whatever the big, big muscle groups that I can train are, do that and do it really hard. What about other examples? So things like injuries, maybe vacations, life events, marriages, relationships, that can derail our progress. What would you girls suggest for examples like that? Or do you have any experience with any of those and, and feeling kind of off track? I don't have personal experience for like injuries, but I'm just thinking about clients that I've worked with. The most important thing, if you've fallen off because of an injury, when you get back in the gym, I would highly recommend not avoiding that part that's injured. I think a lot of people are like, they completely avoid it. If it's been like months, when in reality, the most important thing would be to work on correcting the problem, like correctional exercises, I can never say that, correctional exercises that will help alleviate the pain and, and prevent future injuries from happening. A lot of people have problems with their back and it may come from a weak core, may come from all these other things. So if you are able to focus on that and not just avoid it, I think that's super important. And, and again, with the start slow, a coach may be super important if it comes to an injury or making sure that you have a physical therapist. Yeah. Yeah. Physical therapy is huge. Yeah. I don't know. What are your thoughts? I think an injury is a lot like the other stuff. You need to be nice to yourself mm-hmm. and and your progress is going to come at the rate it comes. If you're mm-hmm. being diligent, you're doing your physical therapy, you're doing corrective exercises, you're eating healthy, you're resting, the progress will be what it is. And and there's such a wide range of injuries. Some you can work through. So for, for me, I did actually my first prep, I had a, a knee injury that I was able to work through. The entire time. So I thought I had I thought I had torn my meniscus on my left knee. Oof. And it turns out, luckily, it was not that. I my left glute was underactive. So I had, I think it's called patella patella femoral syndrome, mm-hmm. where because your glute is not firing, it's not your knee is not properly stabilized when you're doing movements like squats and lunges and all this stuff. So my knee was really swollen. It was holding a lot of water. Mm-hmm. I was in a lot of pain doing leg exercises, but through physical therapy. They did a lot of soft tissue work with me. They did, I want to say ultrasound. Um, I think they might've done infrared light on me, taping, all kinds of stuff. And I was very diligent about it. I went to, I found a really good physical therapist in Irvine, um, Dr. Ko. I'll put, I'll put that him in the description. He's amazing. He's worked with professional bodybuilders, professional athletes. They have a little, they have like a little mini gym. So it's kind of cool. It's pretty cool in there. Ah. Um, and they, it helped so much. It really helped so much. And I didn't ha- – I was concerned the whole time that I was going to have to stop my prep. But I continued to do leg exercises. I just had to really modify and do a lot of focused isolation exercise for glutes and hamstrings and stuff like that. And, and yeah, I was able – I did my first show. And it was, it was very rewarding to work through it. It taught me a lot of – a lot of good stuff too about glute activation that I think has helped me build more muscle on top of that. So that off season, once I finished that prep and I was getting healthier and I had some body fat back on my knee within, within six to 12 months was pretty much a hundred percent. And then I just was able to go really ham on a lot of heavy, heavy exercises and really focus on building once I'd kind of come through that. But I had to be patient. There were times too, where I had to take I had to take rest days when I didn't want to take rest days, mm-hmm. but my knee was in such bad shape that 
I knew I needed to take a couple days you have off, to or to your body. or I was gonna, you know, risk doing permanent damage. Mm-hmm. So. So the only other thing is because I've had knee problems, both knees, just from being tall and since I was a young girl, and then also one of my rear delts tends to give me issues. I am very much on communication. So if you have a trainer, communicate those. So mm-hmm. I know actually recently I've had issues with one of my knees again and also my rear delt. So I go and I get work done, mm-hmm. soft tissue work done on everything. And now I know in regards to knee specifically that it's not just the knee, it's everything around mm-hmm. the knee. It's the hip, it's, it's the everything. foot, it's the ankle, yes, the calf, so, everything. I religiously will go and see um, muscle rehab and just to get all of the areas around the knee to be rubbed out and hopefully it will help with lifting, but also my rear delt. So anytime I go to do a leg day, I will share that my knee has been giving me problems. So certain movements I either may not be able to do right this moment or I need to modify it. Or mm-hmm. the trainer needs to modify mm-hmm. it. So I'm very much open and communicate anything that is hurting me, not so that I don't improve on those, because I still want improvement on my legs and my shoulders specifically, but I want them to be aware of those injuries or anything that I have pain. So I would just say definitely communicate it. Yeah, absolutely. Don't be afraid. Yeah. Yeah, and I think the other ones that we had mentioned were vacation. More personal, more personal life events. Personal so. life events. And I think they all kind of go into that that idea of making goals. So when you're falling off, making goals, starting slow, be realistic. Any other things that would be super important for whether it's vacation, whether it's relationships, whether it's... Yeah, a couple things, a couple things that come to my mind are number one, if it is, let's say a relationship, you got in a relationship, you got married, you know, maybe years have passed and you realize, oh man, I've put on 25 pounds since we first got together. That's a very, very common scenario. I think that's actually the average in America is like you gain about 25 pounds once you're married. Um, Just terrifying, but um not getting married no yeah. <laughs> um, so I would say having your partner's support and making it kind of a team effort to live a healthier lifestyle mm-hmm. and not not vilifying them not making them feel guilty asking them to be your partner in getting back on track they don't have to do it with you it's I think it's better if they do but just getting their buy-in to start making some changes, live a healthier lifestyle. At the end of the day, you probably won't be successful if you don't really have them in your corner. And then another thing too, whether it's vacations, you know, work gets busy, something comes up, making sure you're putting your workouts and the important things on a calendar and planning out your weeks. A lot of times I've seen clients or people get thrown off because they're not actually planning out their time. They're just kind of winging it. And when you don't, you know, what is the expression? It's when you fail to plan, you plan to fail. Yep. So by not planning your workouts, by not planning when you're going to meal prep or you're going to get healthy food from a store or restaurant, 
you're setting yourself up not to be successful. So making sure you're taking out the t- taking the time. I'm sure both of you do this. I think maybe we just assume that everyone does this, but yeah, no. every single week, like on the weekends, I plan out my upcoming week. I plan out what I'm going to train, when I'm going to do it. And then I also have room in my schedule that if something comes out of left field, I have backup times and mm-hmm. I have backup days and spots where I can get workouts or cardio in or meal prep or whatever I need. Yeah. I think trying to do your workout in the morning is the best because if you don't if you can't get up and do your workout then you've got a plan b do it in the afternoon etc things like that being able to have a plan and then a backup plan not everyone's a morning workout person so it's not necessarily applicable to everyone but But maybe you can work out at lunch but yeah exactly and then the evening is your backup or something like that so i think that's totally right plan prioritize that's important i think a lot of people it's it's so easy to have other things take more importance it's so easy to be like this happens, so I can't work out. This happens, so I can't work out. Or I can't eat right, I can't go to the grocery store, etc. So it's really about how do you prioritize? How important is it for you to get that workout done? And if it is that important, putting in your schedule, making it a priority. I agree, and I'm a huge planner. I mm-hmm. literally like we all are, yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, for my career. But yeah. I have hours that range typically from early mornings into late evenings. So that generally also is how I plan out when I'm doing cardio, when I'm doing workouts. I do like to try and have more of a consistent schedule. Just helps me mentally. But also with my career, it doesn't necessarily allow that sometimes. I don't have Monday through Friday type of job. So I definitely, definitely, definitely need to plan it out weeks at a time, if not months at a time. I can't agree more than yeah. with you. So that's a, that's a huge tip too. If you're not already doing that, start using a calendar for your fitness goals or just getting back on track. I think we've covered everything that we wanted to talk about today. Any, any last thoughts on getting back on track post-COVID world? I think to remember how they were so sad and disappointed when the gyms closed. Mm-hmm. And that is easily your motivator. Get back in and appreciate it. Mm-hmm. I do. Just get yourself there. Yeah. Get yourself there. Just do it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Because it could be taken away. So <laughs> I hope not. I hope not. Be grateful uh, for this. It. So yeah. it's just those things that you yeah. kind of forget how much they mean to you until they are taken away from you and you take them for granted. Like the gym, simple thing like the gym that was taken away from everyone. So there's definitely a newfound appreciation for it. All right. That's it for this week's episode. Thank you guys so much for listening and we will catch you in the next episode of Bikini Things. Bikini Things.